In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. And Lord, once again, as we begin our prayer, we are in good company. Our Lady, who is our Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, our Guardian Angel, and we are asking for grace to make this time of prayer fruitful, this brief half hour of meditation in which we converse with you and listen to you, this new year that is more or less just beginning, to make it fruitful, a time of prayer, of doing your will, and we can open the gospel to your words to the apostles in the Last Supper. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Lord, you have chosen us from all eternity to live this life that you have given us of whatever duration it may be. We don't know when you are going to call us. We want to be ready and we want to have borne much fruit in that time. And what is that fruit which abides but holiness of life, good deeds Deeds of charity done here on earth, storing up treasure in heaven, so that when we die, whenever that might be, you can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, because you have been faithful in the little things, I will set you over the many, enter into the joy of your Lord. Well done, that is what we want to hear. But for that, we must live each day well. And time is short. We don't know how long you have given us. St. Josemaria says in one of his homilies in Friends of God, God may have given us just one more year in which to serve him. Don't think of five or even two. Just concentrate on this one year that has just started. Give it to God. Don't bury it. This is the resolution we ought to make. This year. But then again, we don't live life years at a time. We don't live life months at a time or weeks at a time, or even days at a time. We live life moments at a time. I once saw on the wall of an academic in RMIT University in Melbourne a sign 
which read more or less like this, Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. This present day, but really this present moment, because what we have just said is already past. And in a few moments' time, in a few minutes' time, we will be into the future, which is now mystery. We can only live in this fleeting instant of every moment, which is the present, and it is a gift from God. That is why it is called the present. You have given us that gift, that present of time in which to live, in which to serve you. Help us to use it well. This year that is beginning, this month, this week, this day, this very moment. Years ago, I read an article by a man in Australia who styles himself an atheist. But this particular article made so much sense. He wrote, If you were to ask my dying friends what they thought of life, I know what they'd say. That every second is important. Whether or not we believe in an afterlife, most of us waste too much of this one and have the unmitigated goal to complain about it. While life can only be understood backwards, it must be lived forwards. To live is like to love. All reason is against it, and all healthy instinct for it. And he goes on, let us all decide to cheer up immediately. Okay, happy endings are hard to find, but there are any number of happy beginnings and quite a lot of happy bits in between. Have a nice day. How good that is. Lord, help us to do what he says. Live each moment to the full, not complain about life. It is a gift from God to live it forwards in which we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We can understand it when we look back, but we live it looking forward. Lord, help us to do your will, to live it well. There are many happy bits in between now and when you call us and everything that we have lived up until this moment. And the philosopher Seneca says in a treatise De Brevitate Vitae on the shortness of life, it is not that we have so little time, but that we have wasted so much of it. And Lord, perhaps when we look back on our life, it's true. We have wasted so much of it. And that homily of St. Josemaria was entitled, Time is a Treasure. Time is a gift from God that we not waste it, that we use it well. And again, we can come back to St. Josemaria. And he says, This world, my children, is slipping from our grasp. We cannot waste time, for it is short. We must earnestly commit ourselves to the task 
of our personal sanctification and to the apostolic work which our Lord has entrusted to us. We must spend our time faithfully and loyally and administer well with a sense of responsibility the talents we have received. Time is short, and we have been given so many talents. And Lord, you will ask an account of our stewardship, that we spend our time faithfully and loyally, as St. Josemaria says. And also he says, How well I understand St. Paul's exclamation to the Corinthians, Tempus brevi est. How short indeed is the time of our passage through this world. These words ring deep down in the heart of a Christian who wants to be consistent as a reproach to his lack of generosity and as a constant invitation to be loyal. Brief indeed is our time for loving, for giving, for making atonement. Tempus breviest. Time is short. And as St. Josemaria says, how brief is our time for loving, for loving God, for loving our neighbor, for giving, for giving to others, and whatever we do to them, we do to you, for making atonement, for being sorry for our sins and doing penance to make up for them, so that, Lord, when you call us, we will be ready. We desperately want to live our life well so that we can die and be very ready to be welcomed into heaven. I have just finished writing a book on that topic. And the title is Dying to Live, Reflections on Life After Death. And it's written for people who don't know whether there is life after death who may not believe in God, who may not have any religion. And it argues from reason and from experience of people to show that indeed there is life after death. God is real and God is a loving, merciful, forgiving Father who awaits us and he has a place in heaven for everyone, not just for Christians, not just for Catholics, for everyone as long as they are sorry for their sins. Lord, help us to help many others to deserve that life everlasting in heaven. And at the beginning of a year, many people make New Year's resolutions, and we should too. They look at the different aspects of their life. They look at their family relationships, and perhaps they make a resolution there. What can I do to improve all the relationships in my immediate family and my extended family? They look at their work. What is my goal for this new year? What would I like to achieve in my professional, my work life? They may look at their health and fitness. What is my New Year's resolution regarding my health? And above all, our spiritual life. This is what we take with us into the next life. What is the goal of this year for me? 
How can I improve spiritually so that whenever God may call me, I will be ready? Lord, that we listen to your words to Martha. Familiar words, Martha, Martha, you worry and fret about so many things. One thing alone is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. And Martha was busy about that meal, preparing a meal for Jesus. But there was something more important, that love of Mary, that contemplative life. And really, if we look at our life in terms of the teaching of St. Josemaria and of the Church on the call to holiness, I think we could say that each one of us is called to be Martha. Martha, because she was working. We sanctify our work. She was busy. She was busy looking after Jesus. She was working for God. Isn't that our life? Working, being busy, being active for God. But in order to be Martha, we have to be married too, where we stop and we spend some time each day in prayer. And to realize too that it's not just our life. Many souls depend on each one of us. As St. Josemaria writes in the way, many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. Many great things, many souls, those people immediately around us, in our family, in our workplace, in our neighborhood. Many people, many souls depend on how we live our life. Lord, this is an added reason why we should live it well, why we should begin this year with very clear, defined resolutions to be that better person, to be that saint in a word that you want us to be. And sanctity is doing your will, not doing what we feel like, doing what you want. St. Alphonsus sums it up. All of holiness consists in the love of God, and all of the love of God consists in doing his will. Lord, doing your will, not our will, not what we feel like. Lord, help us to see what you are asking of us in each moment, in this fleeting moment that is the present throughout the day, to do your will. Then we store up great treasure in heaven. Help us to formulate good resolutions for this coming year. And first of all, we must determine the goals, the goals in our family life, in our health, in our work, and above all, in our spiritual life. What would I like to achieve this year? And perhaps a good way to start is to overcome some defect. And if we asked ourselves, what is my predominant defect right now? And if we found it difficult to find the answer to that question, we could ask our spouse, we could ask our family members where we need to improve. And I dare say they would have no difficulty at all telling us where we need to improve. It might be to be less lazy. 
to be working harder, to use our time better, to be less self-indulgent. We eat too much. We eat out of time. We eat the wrong foods. We spend too much time watching television, surfing the net on social media. We waste too much time entertaining ourselves in our self-indulgence. Perhaps we are too self-centered, always thinking about ourselves, what I would like to do, what I would like the others to do for me, to be less self-centered and more centered on the others. Perhaps it is a matter of our pride, We are always thinking how good we are. We are looking down at others. We are judging others. Lord, help us to identify what might be our predominant defect and perhaps to make a resolution to overcome it. And that in turn by trying to live the corresponding virtue. If we are lazy, then we want that virtue of industriousness, of hard work, If we are disordered, we want the virtue of order. If we are too self-centered, we want the virtue of charity, of generosity, of thinking of the others. If we are too proud, we want the virtue of humility. To see where we need to improve, to make a resolution in that area, to grow in the corresponding virtue. Perhaps we look at our plan of spiritual activities of each day, and we realize, I do too little. I could do more. God is expecting more from me. Yes, I might be doing more than many others, but that is not the way God is going to judge me. He's going to judge me in comparison with the graces, the gifts, the possibilities he has given to me. He might be asking much more of me than I am giving to him. And what might that be? Perhaps we could go to Mass more often. Yes, we go on Sundays. But why don't we join the thousands of people, perhaps in our own large city, who go to Mass every day? Perhaps we could do some mental prayer. We are praying now with mental prayer. We are talking with you, listening to you. If we did 15 minutes a day, or perhaps a half hour, divided into two periods of 15 minutes, whatever, sometime in that very most personal of prayers, which is meditation, mental prayer, in which we talk to you about ourselves, about how we can improve, about our relationships, about how much we can help other people, and so on that we spend some time each day in mental prayer. Perhaps we could read the scriptures, which we have not been reading, and just a little bit of time each day going through the New Testament, how much we learn, and then we can be that better Christian, that better Catholic that you want us to be. Perhaps to say the rosary, if we're not saying it, that beautiful powerful prayer in which we meditate, Lord, on your life as seen through the eyes of Mary. How much good we derive from saying the rosary or to say it in family if we are saying it now only on our own. Some spiritual reading, 
so many classics of spiritual reading and so many modern books that are very, very helpful. Help us to see where in our spiritual life we might improve. And if it is not in the quantity of how much we are doing, it can always be in the quality. We could attend Mass better. We could do our prayer better. Help us to see where we can improve in our spiritual life. And then, as always, being ready to struggle. We are not going to coast into heaven. We have to battle our way. As we read in the Gospel of St. Matthew, ever since John the Baptist's time, heaven has given way to force. And even now the forceful are making it their prize. We cannot coast into heaven. We have to be saints. And that requires an extra effort. And always remembering that we have to do battle against those three chief enemies of the soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We can consider the world as the environment around us. And right now it is very hostile. It is godless. It is pagan. We have to do battle in this world, this world that we love, this world that God has made, and he saw that it was good. But we have defiled it. We have to be amongst God's light and salt and leaven to change this world for the better. And that requires effort. And secondly, the flesh, which we can consider to be the effects of original sin within us. We have pride. We have laziness. We have self-indulgence. We have self-centeredness. We have to struggle against those. Otherwise, we will just go along. We will continue being proud and lazy and self-indulgent. To struggle against the flesh requires an effort too. And the devil. The devil is real. He goes about the world like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. To be a saint, to be a good Christian in today's world is not easy. And Lord, you need us, because this world is difficult, to help many others find you. Show them that holiness and happiness are possible, that getting to heaven is possible and desirable. And if we are on our way to heaven, we are finding more happiness, more joy here. A good image is we are paddling a canoe upstream. Life has always been paddling upstream. But in different moments of history, the strength of the current has been stronger or less strong. And right now, it is very strong. It takes a real effort just to stay in the same place when we paddle our canoe, let alone to advance and to go forward and to show others that this is possible. We have a great mission, but we need to be saints. We need to struggle hard to live out our New Year's resolutions in order to fulfill that and help all of those souls. To have that determination of athletes who struggle hard to perform well, 
to get to the World Championships or the Olympics or whatever they are engaged in or simply to improve. They struggle. They live a diet. They train. They push themselves. We see so many people in the gyms early in the morning pumping weights on the treadmill, on the exercise bike, doing things that they find difficult, pushing themselves, perspiring. If they will do that for fitness, why can we not do it for our spiritual fitness? And let us read some words of St. Paul to Timothy in his first letter. Train yourself in godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Godliness, holiness, that we take with us, the life to come. Our fit body will die and it will be buried, but our soul lives on. Let us have that spirit of the athlete, of training, but training the soul at the same time. Or St. Paul to the Corinthians in the first letter in the ninth chapter. He writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Well, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I pummel my body and subdue it, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. And the athlete living all that self-control, that diet, that refraining from certain social activities perhaps, getting enough sleep, pushing themselves in their training to win a perishable wreath. Ours is imperishable. Ours is heaven for all eternity. If the athlete has that determination, then Lord help us to have it in our spiritual life because that lasts into eternity. To be determined then and to use all the means It means getting up on time in the morning. It means living that spiritual training of spending that time in prayer, of getting to Mass, of reading, of living penance, self-denial to make up for our sins, of using our time well, this time which is short, this time which is a treasure to have that determination which St. Paul himself had in his own spiritual life. And he writes to the Philippians in the third chapter, Not that I have already obtained this eternal life, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal 
for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to strain forward, to press on in our spiritual life, to live this new year well, so that at the end of it, or whenever God may call us, he will find us prepared, he will find us ready. And St. Josemaria wrote in his diary only a few years before he died, This is our destiny on earth, to struggle out of love until the last instant. Deo gratias. Each year is a new gift from God. Help us to use it well so that we can finish our life as St. Paul did and now writing to Timothy in his second letter, in his second Roman imprisonment and as he is aware, coming to the end of his life. There he writes, I am already on the point of being sacrificed. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This is the crown, Lord, help us to struggle out of love until the last instant, to finish the race, to fight the good fight, so that we can deserve that crown that you have awaiting us, that we can hear your words, well done, good and faithful servant. And we ask Our Lady, Mary, you lived on earth too. You lived in a corrupt, wicked pagan society and you were that tower of strength you were that bright light help us to struggle as you did to be faithful to god to hear his word and keep it to be the saint that god wants us to be i thank you my god for the good resolutions affections and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer I ask your assistance in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.